Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. I was completely immersed in this beautiful harmony that me and my dad were playing until... What on earth are you two doing? Startled. I turned around to see Siren standing there with fiery eyes. Oh, God. I came back to my senses at once and realized that next to me, the man I was jamming with was not my dad, but Isaac, her boyfriend. Oh no, what had I done? I quickly wiped my tears away and was about to leave. But Isaac took my hand and gave me this confused look. Being back here in this house was difficult enough without getting involved in this love triangle. So I tried to pull my hand free and ran out of there. Yes, It's me again, Hazel. In the last part of my story, my friends embroiled me into helping their idol Isaac and his actress girlfriend Siren escape from the public eye for a bit. Now I'm stuck in my family's old home and having to confront my past. All these memories flooded my mind. Some good, some bad. And before I knew it, I was mixing the past with reality. And that's how I accidentally played the piano with Isaac and made Siren green with envy. At that moment, Siren swung open the door and charged toward me. Hey, don't let me catch you flirting with my BF again! Excuse me? What did you say? He's not even my type. Besides, having you as a love rival sounds like way more hassle than it's worth. She gave me this lingering scowl. Clearly, she was furious with me, but she must have decided there was nothing else she could say on this matter. However, this didn't stop her from being the most demanding, frustrating diva on the planet. She stuck her nose up at the food and drinks we served her and insisted that she couldn't possibly consume anything that wasn't organic. She threw the clothes that we lent her down the stairs because, quote, those vulgar outfits didn't suit her. Then she asked Ivy to go get her designer ones. Once... Zoe even had to drive over an hour to the mall just for a few scented candles. Why, you ask? Well, Siren accused me of exuding this bad energy that had been affecting her sleep and her well-being, so she needed to cleanse the aura around here. Poof! This was nonsense. Once her head touched the pillow, she slept like a log. It seems that living in the same house as their idol and his girlfriend wasn't exactly all it's cracked up to be. Isn't that right, Ivy and Zoe? However, contrary to Siren the Nightmare, Isaac surprised me quite a lot by actually being a great help around the house. He was an excellent cook and a dab hand at fixing things. Okay, I admit that I used to think he was just one of those useless celebs out there, but it seems he had no problem with pulling his weight. Anyway, this manner of his did somewhat make up for the obnoxious attitude of his girlfriend, which made this whole thing a bit more bearable. Until this one time, we were rowing on the river near the mansion. Well, I was rowing, to be exact. Just me, as what could we expect from our two superstars? But it's pretty out here, isn't it? It was Siren's bright idea, as she wanted some new Insta photos. You're probably wondering where Zoe and Ivy are. Yep, 
they're scouring the shops a few towns over for ethical foie gras. Look at her, saying she's feeling sick she couldn't row. But apparently she was well enough to smile for the camera and strike dozens of different poses. Suddenly, Siren decided to stand up to get better lighting, which made the whole boat shake. I shouted at her to sit down, but then before I properly knew what was going on, the boat was turning sideways and I tumbled into the water. I flailed my arms and legs out and tried my best to raise my head above the water, but it was no use. I couldn't stop myself from sinking beneath it. I honestly believed this was it. The world started to darken around me, when suddenly, an arm grabbed me and pulled me ashore. Hazel, can you hear me? I slowly opened my eyes and saw Isaac's worried face peering down at me. Hazel, thank goodness. He gently helped me sit up, then asked me if I was all right. For a few fleeting moments, the warmth from his body made me flush. Clearly, nearly drowning had made me delirious. I mean, I couldn't have feelings for him. Could I? Before I could ponder on this thought anymore, a drenched siren dripped her way over to us. Isaac? Why did you rescue her instead of me? Siren, this is not the time for being dramatic. I was hardly going to come to you, an expert swimmer, over Hazel who was actually drowning. Hearing Isaac say that, she rolled her eyes, then stormed off, leaving a wet footprint trail in her wake. The last thing we needed in the house was more tension, so I immediately turned to him and said I was fine, and he should go and sort things out with his girlfriend. Listen, Hazel... Siren's not my girlfriend. I don't like her in that way, but as for you and me, we clearly have a connection. I stared at him in complete open-mouthed shock. Did he really just say that? Or perhaps I had a concussion and was imagining things. Siren's like my little sister. I'll explain this later, but first you need to rest. Then he wrapped his arms around me and guided me back to the house. I spent the rest of that day in bed feeling feverish. Then at dawn the next morning, I awoke to a commotion coming from downstairs. Guys? <sighs> What's all the noise about? It's Isaac and Siren! They've gone! And they've taken the car! What? That was our only mode of transport out of here! How could they be so selfish to just abandon us here like this? We tried contacting Isaac countless times, but no answer. Great! Here we are now in this remote area, where it would take hours to even find a passerby to hitchhike, not to mention how risky it'd be. Everything was a mess. We were panicking when suddenly the door burst open and walked in a smiling, arm-linked Isaac and Siren. Where have you been? You can't just leave like that without telling us. Oh, Ivy lent us the car. Didn't she say anything? Both Zoe and I turned our gazes on Ivy. She stammered. But I think you guys just went out for a while, not disappeared all night unreachable. Relax, all this tension will give you wrinkles. Then Siren smirked at me, as she flicked back her hair and then continued. We went to a drive-in cinema, and it was so romantic. We didn't want the evening to end, so we strolled around town until the early hours. What did she mean by that? So much for him seeing her as a sister. I felt like such a fool for believing his lies. We altered our entire plans to help you both hide from society, and this is how you thank us? By pulling a stunt like this? No more. Get out of here! Right now! 
Before anyone could say anything, my phone buzzed. It was my friend Erica. She asked me if the stories about me being in love with Isaac were true. Huh? What was she on about? In my panic, I ended the call and went online to check it out. Turns out on the Instagram account of the store where I customized our matching hoodies, the shop owner had posted a photo of me wearing it. Naturally, it didn't take the fan maniacs long to do their research and find out all about me. But worse still, another current trending post was one from Isaac's management company, confirming that we were officially dating. What kind of nonsense is this? I immediately told Isaac to call his company and put it on speaker. Isaac, we hit a jackpot! You probably know the iconic pianist and composer Edward Moretz, right? Hazel Moretz is his daughter! You... you mean... Everyone gasped at me in shock. Maybe it's time for me to reveal the secrets of my past, the truth that's been hidden for so long. Yes, Edward Moretz is my father, but I made a promise to myself ten years ago that I would never speak to him again. Isaac's manager continued to brazenly talk about how the scandal with me would benefit Isaac's career, so there was no need to hide it. At that moment, Siren shouted, What on earth are you saying? Hey, are you with Siren again? I already told you not to mess with that girl unless you want to get yourself in trouble. Shut up! Siren furiously grabbed Isaac's phone and ended the call. Isaac, tell everyone that the one you love is me, not her. Siren, we were never in love. You're going too far. What? You guys aren't dating? So we misunderstood it all from the beginning? I knew right away there was something wrong. Yet you pretended to be his real girlfriend and treated us like your minions. Siren stood there with a red face, fists clenched. I gave you my heart, but all you do is hurt me. This time you've made a big mistake, Isaac. Just wait and see. Siren left for her room, but this time neither of us stopped her or comforted her. The next morning, we found out that Siren was gone. None of us knew where she was. We all just hoped that she wasn't so fueled with anger that she'd cause us even more problems. We quickly packed our things into the car, preparing to return to our normal life. When out of nowhere, a bunch of reporters and journalists appeared and surrounded us. Isaac, Miss Sirenwild has accused Ms. Moretz of wrecking your relationship. Is this true? Does that mean you ran away from all the shows to go on a secret date with Ms. Moretz? Ms. Moretz, your father was known for breaking not only yours, but also another family apart. All for his own selfish needs. Are you following in his footsteps? Scary flashlights were everywhere. Suddenly I found myself transported back to that terrible day ten years ago when Dad's affair went public and the reporters hounded us in this exact same spot. Those heartless flashlights are just as intense now as they were back then. A memory of my mom's distraught face popped into my mind. Puffy eyes, tear-stained cheeks, a fearful look. Yet the reporters were relentless vultures, firing questions at her regardless of her vulnerable state. That's the day I made a promise to myself that not only would I never pursue music, but I'd also never forgive my father. Amid the panic, an arm pulled me into the car, and we drove away from the crowd. It was Isaac. He put on some piano music to help calm me down, and he continued driving, eventually stopping at a small grocery store. Hazel, please drink this. Sorry for dragging you into all this. The thing is, 
I've been unhappy with my management company for a while now. They won't let me make the music I want to, but I didn't expect them to go as low as forcing me into their web of lies just for fame. I know how you feel. I used to long to become a pianist like my dad, but then he crushed my dreams. To further his career, he cheated on my mom with another married woman and left our family behind. I grew to hate the complex world of artists. I vowed to never become one of them. And then I gradually began to despise the sound of the piano, too. I'm sorry to hear that story. But art isn't to blame. It reflects lies genuinely, doesn't it? I heard your piano melodies and you are truly gifted. Be honest with your feelings and don't let anyone else interfere with them. Trying to deny your own passion and emotions will only make you miserable. Isaac's right. I'd let my dad's mistakes alter the pathway to my dreams. Not making music made me miserable. It felt like there was a part of me missing. One that nothing else could fill. Why should I be the one to suffer like this? When it hadn't even been me that done anything wrong. Look at me now. Can you believe it? I've rekindled my passion for piano, and now I'm happier than ever. After all that runway pop star drama, Isaac left his management company and collaborated with me to make music for true art. This is our latest charity event. It's pretty neat, huh? That's all thanks to Zoe and Ivy. They work for us now. They're in charge of arranging our busy schedules and organizing our events. The four of us make the best team. I guess you're wondering what happened to Siren. Last I heard, she set her sights on her latest movie co-star. Hmm. Wish her good luck is all I can say. As for Isaac and me, well, since the media claimed that we were a couple, we might as well have turned that fake news into reality. Wow. The International Ballet Contest is being held in New York this year! Oh my god, that must be spectacular! Er, but... Oh, how different my life was five years ago. i just won the City Ballet Contest, and Dad wouldn't stop grinning with pride. To celebrate, he was driving to get us ice cream. And suddenly... I don't remember much about that day after that. But I lost him. As for me, I survived, but I was left with life-changing injuries. Since then, ballet was no longer a part of my life. And over there is Aunt Robin and my cousin, Nancy. They're super excited about the competition. I swear, Nancy has tried on 15 dresses already. Both my aunt and my mom, when she was alive, were gifted ballerinas. So, naturally... Nancy also inherited the ballet genes. She's now a student of the New York City Ballet. This is something I've always wished for, but now can only dream about. <sighs> Suddenly, a slamming door and shouting startled me. Joyce, 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 open the door! It's me, Dylan! I opened the door and stared wide-eyed at... Huh? Dylan, my half-brother... The last time I saw him was five years ago, when my stepmother took him away. Hmm, what's he doing here? Before I'd had time to react or invite him inside, he rushed over to me. Sis, you have to save me. I'm gonna have to stay here, okay? What? Absolutely not. Do you have any idea whose house this is? So, it turns out his mom is a gambling addict. So she was in debt and on the run from thugs. Poor Dylan didn't have anyone else to turn to. 
I managed to persuade my aunt to let Dylan stay with us, although she was adamant that this was only temporary until his mom was found. Being a typical kid hitting their puberty phase, Dylan was not the easiest person to live with. And guess who had to cover for him each time? Yep, me. Last week, he broke the whole stack of dishes. Yesterday, he stuck chewing gum in Nancy's hair. And today, he left his skateboard in the middle of the living room and caused Aunt Robin to fly across the room and land flat on her face. Ouch. Dylan, you have to be more careful. I'll be leaving for college soon, so I won't be here to cover for you. He'll kick you out if you're still like this. Huh? College? Do you mean boring business administration? I thought you liked ballet, don't you? No, that was just the past. Now I don't like it. At all. I don't believe you. Is it just because you're sitting on a wheelchair? Who says being in a wheelchair means you can't continue pursuing your passion for ballet? Hmm. This left me dumbfounded. His words had awakened something in me. But the reality is not that simple. So I sadly replied, It's not just that. I don't have any money either. I tried to apply for some part-time jobs, but they don't accept people with disabilities. Sensing my unhappiness at talking about this, Dylan immediately changed the topic. Okay, let's just forget about those dumb things. Tomorrow, I'm gonna take you shopping. Oh, it's been a long time since I visited the mall. Dylan kept asking me if I like this, like that, but we don't have enough money. Ugh, why doesn't Aunt Robin give us pocket money? Dylan looked so cute at that moment, so I just sat there and laughed while he frowned and pouted. Then Dylan suddenly told me to stay still. When he closed his eyes and fumbled around towards two people who looked kinda rich and told them, please help us. We have nothing left to eat this week. Please? Oh my god. What was my brother playing at? I froze and couldn't do anything besides look down at the floor. The woman took out the money and was about to hand it to him. But the guy swiped her hand, causing the bill to fall to the ground. Dylan quickly picked it up. Oh. My. The man immediately grabbed his wrist. Busted! He threatened to take us to the cops and even asked me to stand up as he thought I was also pretending. Luckily, the woman said they were in a rush so they wouldn't make it complicated, so finally they left us alone. We came home, but our hearts were still pumping hard and I could see Dylan's legs were trembling. Then we went inside to see that my aunt had guests. I gawped when I saw who they were. The rich people from the mall! The four of us goggle-eyed at each other in shock. Turns out that woman, Bernie, was my aunt's friend, and the man with her was her son, Philip. They're both famous ballet dancers. Talk about awkward atmosphere! But Nancy seemed oblivious to the tension, as she was too busy fluttering her eyelashes at Philip and twirling her hair around her finger. But the strange thing was, even with my lowered gaze, I could still see Philip looking at me. Then he suddenly asked me, How long have you been like this? I mean, no offense. I'm just curious. So, 
Aunt Robin started telling them about my life and my condition. Hearing that, Bernie got emotional. She looked at me for a second and asked, Sweetie, how are things going for you? Are you still doing ballet? No, no, no. She's interested in business now. She'll enroll this fall. Bernie paused for a while, then smiling said, Oh, that's great. I'm happy that you found yourself something you love. I don't know why I felt so sad, so I excused myself to leave the table. Dylan followed me and handed me an envelope. I looked inside and it was full of money. I only have this much, but please take it and go take ballet classes again. My heart stopped. How could he afford it? But then he didn't give me time to say anything when he took the money back saying, Oh, or just let me enroll you. And surprisingly, he really did. Dylan found a center that had scholarships for students with disabilities. Since then, I went back to the ballet. It was like I was alive again. Every day I was eager to wake up to follow my passion. And I was also practicing for the International Ballet Contest in New York. One time after practice, I saw someone over by the door, watching me. Philip. I didn't know why, but as soon as I spotted him, my heart fluttered. He walked over to me, and we started talking. Turns out, he teaches at this center. After that, he always spent time helping me during practice, and we seemed to be a good pair. But good things didn't last long. That day I was practicing with Philip, when a voice called out, Joyce, why are you here? I turned around startled to see a glaring Nancy standing at the door of the practice room. It turns out that Nancy came to meet and greet with her students in our center and accidentally spotted Philip helping me. Maybe she was upset because we looked quite close? After that, we met in the bathroom. Then Nancy asked me, I know you don't have a dollar to your name, so who gave you money for this? Oh, it was Dylan. Stop telling lies. He's just some dumb kid. I hardly imagine he has a spare $1,500 to pay for six months of lessons. You asked Phil to pay for you, right? Stop acting weak to get other sympathy. That doesn't sound like something my sweet cousin would normally do, does it? So, did Dylan lie to me? This course isn't a scholarship for people with disabilities? No way! I immediately packed my stuff to go home and to speak to Dylan about this. But on my way out, I bumped into Philip. So I asked him if it's true there's no such scholarship at this center. But he just sighed and led me to a quiet place to talk. And you know what? He admitted that it's him who actually had planned out everything with Dylan and even said that he liked me and wanted to help me. I was shocked. But deep down, I was also kind of happy hearing that, as I did like him. But I felt like I was a burden, and Nancy also liked him, so I rejected him. Nancy wasn't the same after that. Whenever our eyes met each other, she tutted, then looked away. Then one time, I found my ballet shoes soaked in coffee. And another time, there was even a note in my bag saying, Don't chase after Philip, because you can't run. LOL. 
It had to be my lovely cousin who did these things, right? I felt upset a bit at first, but I didn't have time for her games. I had a competition to practice for. Then, the day before the performance, I arrived home to overhear Aunt Robin in the living room FaceTiming Bernie. Hey, you should send more money. Joyce is partaking in a ballet competition this time, so it's rather costly. Really? But you told me she wasn't interested in ballet anymore. In any case, why didn't she take the ballet scholarship for the New York City Ballet? Stop going off topic. Remember, you were the culprit to the death of my brother-in-law and the legs of my niece. So, you have to take the blame for this whole life. And now you can't even see fit to spare what is loose change for you to fund her dream? What? What were they talking about? I was so shocked that I dropped my grocery bag on the floor. Aunt Robin turned around and saw me. Realizing I'd overheard everything, she beckoned me into the room and told me the whole tragic story. It turns out that the person who caused the accident was none other than Bernie. She'd crossed the road without looking, which caused my dad to steer to avoid her and crash into a tree. After that, she ran away, as she was so panicked and feared that it would affect her reputation. Through her friendship with Aunt Robin, she knew about my situation and still had been sending monthly money to compensate for me. What about the scholarship Miss Bernie was talking about? Um, well, you can't attend that school anyway, so it's better to let Nancy take it, isn't it? What? I can't believe my aunt would do that. She knows how much I love ballet. I've always thought Aunt Robin was so good to give me a home, when in reality, she was using me, so Bernie would invest in Nancy's ballet career. The word disappointment cannot fully describe my feelings at that moment. The hurt was almost unbearable. I woke up feeling dreadful, but I forced myself to get ready and headed to the competition. It was bustling there, just like me inside. I didn't bother to watch the other performances until Nancy's. She was very graceful, and the judges said she did very well. However, I felt like it was missing something. And now, it was my turn. I looked down to the crowd and saw there was Bernie, Dylan, and Philip. They all smiled and clapped their hands when the MC called my name. I took a deep breath and was about to go out on the stage, when passing me, Nancy leaned over and whispered, Philip doesn't really care about you. He just feels guilty about what his mom did. Don't go embarrass him by messing up. Suddenly, I felt like I couldn't move. I forgot all the movements, and the world was spinning around. But a familiar voice woke me up. Joyce, you're better than this. We're all here for you, so don't be scared. You're the light. Don't let the dark bother you. Let's shine and show them what you have. I was so touched, and it worked. I regained my spirit and just went with the flow. Like a swan that had been restrained for so long, I just did what I wanted to do. I didn't care about anything, anyone. This moment, I'll live for myself. And maybe the judges felt that too. I burst with happiness to hear that. 
Ladies and gentlemen, the winner of this contest is Joyce Baker. Everyone came to congratulate me, including Bernie. She tried to fight back tears as she apologized for everything. The past is the past, and I know what happened was a terrible accident. It's something she will always have to live with, and that seems penance enough. So I hugged her and told her it was okay, because what matters was that I could dance again, and it felt fantastic. So what's next? Well, I didn't go to business school. <laughs> Instead, I'm continuing with my ballet. I'm also undergoing treatment for my condition, and I hope that one day I will be able to be up there on stage, performing with Philip. Speaking of Philip, thanks to his help, Dylan and I moved into our own house, and Dylan has just got a scholarship into a prestigious high school, which he seems to be enjoying. Oh, and one more thing, Philip and I are now officially dating, and this is it. The happy ending of my fairy tale. Guys, keep chasing your dream, despite hardship, because all good things are waiting for you at the end of the tunnel. Scott, I said it's over. You're just too immature for me. He gave me a quizzing look, then said, Huh? What? Babe, we're great together. I rolled my eyes. I just figured I don't need to be with someone with such a childish mentality. I need someone mature and... Whatever, Linda. Find me when you change your mind, he grunted. Then he put his earphones in and walked off. Well, at 15, I needed a guy with a certain maturity, not some loser who still found fart jokes funny. Please. My friends, Patty and Louise, agreed with me. I'm far too popular, pretty, and confident to date just anyone. Anyway, as luck should happen, I was walking along the school corridor when I saw this lost-looking but amazingly handsome guy. Flicking out my hair, I approached him with my friendliest voice. Hey, are you okay? Flustered, he replied, Yes, um, which way is it to the principal's office? I'm going that way anyway, so I'll show you. This was a blatant lie as my class was in the other direction, but he didn't know that. Later that day, I walked into physics class with Lewis and stopped dead. Standing at the front of the class was that handsome guy. It turns out he was the substitute teacher, and written on the board behind him was the name Mr. Halton. My first name is Colin, by the way, he smiled. I whispered to Lewis, seems like science class has heated up. Then I walked over to my seat. There's no way I could concentrate on the density of materials, not with the hottest teacher ever sharing the same airspace as me. I needed to find a way to get to know him and show him that I wasn't like the other girls my age. Instead, I was far more mature and self-assured than them. So, at the end of class, I walked over and asked him if he'd go over a few things with me. He gladly agreed, so I got to sit down next to him and daydreamed in the scent of his musky cologne. Physics class became my favorite. With my head in my hands, I watched him address the class. He saw me looking at him a few times, but he always quickly looked away. It's okay. I got it. He was just trying to look professional. Then, one time, he asked the question, According to Einstein, is light a partial or a wave? 
I stuck my hand in the air and grinned. He looked a little flustered. Linda? I puckered my lips and looked straight at him. That shirt color really suits you, sir. It brings out your eyes. Some of the other kids in class laughed, and he awkwardly fiddled with his collar. So cute. Then he coughed and said, <clears throat> Linda, do you know the answer? Oh, what was the question again? I stared dreamily at him. Honestly, I couldn't remember anything afterwards but his charmingly severe look. Then one afternoon, Colin asked me to stay behind after class. Result, he must have fallen for this Linda's irresistible charms, didn't he? I shyly stood before him, and in a serious tone, he said, Linda, is everything okay with you? You seem off lately. No, sorry, it's awful. I glumly looked down at my feet and took a few seconds to continue. My family is so poor, and my home life is just horrible. I only have nice things because my friends lend me stuff. His gaze softened. I pretended to dab at my fake tears. Please, don't tell anyone. I couldn't cope with the shame. It's enough just having you to talk to. I smiled at him. Yeah, sure. He looked at me gently and said, Anytime. Oh my. His eyes were so big and blue and mmm. I could drown in them. He obviously liked me too. He just couldn't do anything about it yet as he was nervous. With him being my teacher and all. But soon he'd realize that me and him were so meant to be. Like Ariana Grande and Dalton Gomez. I continued to stay behind after classes so I could talk to Colin about my make-believe terrible home life. He always listened and told me it'd be okay. He was so sweet and sensitive. Then one time I left Colin's classroom to find Scott there waiting for me. Ugh. I told him to go away and started walking, but he followed me. So what? You're into old men now? What? I glared at him. Yeah, I'm not stupid. I know you like Mr. Halton. You need to snap out of that dreamland and see he's on a different level to you. Angered by this, I looked him square in the eye and snidely replied, No, Scott, you're the one on a different level to me. About 50 levels down, to be precise. I gave the thumbs down sign. He looked wounded as he turned his back to me and started walking off. He had it coming. I walked outside to see Scott lingering around, talking to Patty and Lewis. They didn't see me, so I overheard Scott say, She can't see how tragic she's being. You know her. She's so stubborn. Of course, Mr. Halton doesn't like her in that way. Ahem. I faked a cough, and they all turned to look at me. I put my hand on my hip and stared them down. Look, I'm sorry, Linda. We're just worried about you. Yeah, this fantasy of yours will hurt you. Ugh, what did they know? I rolled my eyes. For your information, Colin and I are really dating. In fact, he's taking me out tonight, so I can't hang out. I walked off the other way, knowing full well that the looks on their face would be priceless. I know Colin wasn't actually my boyfriend, yet. But I knew it would happen soon. It was written in the stars. The next day, as I walked into school, I noticed some of the other kids whispering to each other and pointing at me. Okay, weird. Maybe it was my new dress or something. I bought it because it was an exact colored match to Colin's eyes. But things got weirder in physics class, because as soon as Colin walked in, everybody started giggling. Colin looked confused and said, Okay, what's so funny? Then this girl, Sally, shyly muttered out, Sir... We heard you have a new girlfriend. He raised an eyebrow. Y yes, that's correct. How do you know? 
he gave a nervous laugh. Actually, this shirt is a gift from her. I felt the entire class's eyes turn to me. Well, except for Collins. I tried to keep my cool, but inside I was fuming. How dare some other woman steal my man and force him to wear that hideous shirt? I knew I needed to keep up the lie, so after class, I walked over to Lewis and Patty and said, How cute does Cullen look in that shirt? They both frowned at me. Then Patty replied, So you really are dating him? Yep. I gave a nod. Right. She gave a skeptical look. They all needed to realize that Colin and I were the real deal. So I bought a box of candy and cut out a heart-shaped tag saying, Love you, honey, with my candy floss scented gel pen. I did feel kind of nervous as I walked over to him, but our love was meant to be. Hi, Linda. Can I help you? I got you this. I placed the gift down on his desk. He read the note and his face fell. Then, in a firm voice, he said, Look, Linda, this is wrong. No, I shook my head. I know you like me. Linda, please, you're my student. You're just a child. No, we're meant to be together. You love me. I know you do. I don't, he said sternly. Now please leave. He rejected me? This had to be down to his new girlfriend. She was obviously poisoning his mind, as there was no way he couldn't like me. I wasn't leaving the room until he admitted he loved me too. So, crying, I sat down on the floor and folded my arms. Right at that moment, Patty and Louise rushed into the room and helped me up. Then they stared daggers at Colin as they led me out into the corridor. Turned out they'd followed me and observed through the window. How embarrassing. Thinking quick, I blubbered out, He's such a jerk. I devoted all of myself to him, but he's bored of me now, so he dumped me. Just like that. My friends comforted me as they told me he wouldn't get away with it. There's no way I could face Colin again just yet. So I feigned being sick and stayed home. Only when I returned to school, he wasn't there. Then the principal called me to their office. I walked in to see both my parents sitting there with devastated looks on their faces. Oh no, what was going on? Sweetie, we're sorry for not protecting you more. Mom looked over at me with glassy eyes. Then the principal said, Mr. Halton has been fired, and the police are investigating him. Rest assured, nothing like this will happen again. Huh? Colin had been fired? Why? Then the reality hit me. It was because they thought he'd been having a relationship with me. I muttered out, No, you've got it all wrong. Nothing happened. Linda, I know this is difficult, but he's a bad man. It didn't matter what I said. They remained convinced that I was so manipulated by Colin that I'd say anything to clear his name. Straight after the meeting, I found Patty and Louise, and they confessed that they hated seeing me so upset, so they'd told the principal about me and Colin. I took a deep breath, then I blurted out, but I made it up, all of it. Of course, they were super angry with me for lying, but after bearing their tantrums for some 30 minutes, they agreed to help me clear his name. So they went to the cop station with me, and we told them everything. It worked, as Colin had his name cleared, but unsurprisingly, he never came back to teach at my school. The three of us were suspended from school, and my parents grounded me for a month. Patty and Louise are still my friends, but I can see they don't trust me anymore. Anytime I tell them anything, they give each other these yeah-right looks. I feel so guilty for everything I did. It was never meant to go that far, but I now realize that my childish behavior almost cost a good man his future. 
I wish I could apologize to Colin in person, but I know I'll never get a chance to. Please be careful with your words, as they could ruin someone's career, life, everything. If, like me, you adore your teacher, then please just respect them, be nice, and let them be.